Welcome to The Room, where we talk about the hard parts of leadership that every great leader goes through, but no one wants to talk about. I'm Jenny Dufresne, host of The Room podcast and CEO of Leaders Transform, a business growth training firm. I am a global leader, former United States Marine, international best-selling author, community, and business leader. The Room is your safe space. We'll talk about the things that are difficult for leaders, the tough stuff that leaders aren't willing to be vulnerable about, but we really need to. So come on in, close the door, join me in the room. I know leaders and I know leadership. I'm so excited to be back for this episode of The Room Podcast. Listen, leadership is all about an inside job. And the faster we understand that, I believe, the less drama and trauma we'll have in our lives. So listen, I want you to think about this. How many of you right now have people around you that are saying to you, you can't do that, you can't be that, you're not really able to apply for that job or lead those people or do that thing, whatever it is. How many of you are having that experience? You see, today's episode, I want to talk about when we have people around us or even organizations, culture, systems that say that a group of people can't do something that it wants to do, that you can't allow your amazing gifts and talent and expectations of success, you can't allow those to flourish in this particular environment. So I want us to talk about this because every single leader that I know on his or her way uh, into their leadership roles encountered a system or a leader or another leader or a boss that said, nah, you can't do that. You're, you're, you're too young. You're too old. You're too whatever. You're too much of a woman. You're too much of a man. Whatever it is, you can't do that. And what I know and what I've learned in my leadership journey is that you really have to be paying attention to the people that are around you, as well as the organization, the organizational culture that you're in that says, nah, you can't do that. You're not prepared. You're not strong enough. You're not good enough. You're not the right gender. You're not the right race. You're not the right age. You're not the right height. There's all of these limitations that sometimes masquerade as standards that we have to help us do our best or to help an organization do its best. So where is all this coming from? Well, if you've been following along in my previous episodes, I've talked a lot about my experience and I've shared stories about my experience early on in my Marine Corps uh, career. And the reason I have I been reflecting on this, the reason I spend a lot of time talking about my experience as, the, as, a, as a Marine is that it was really instrumental in shaping how I see the world. Not only how I see the world as a leader, but the things that actually galvanized me to take certain types of action and that stopped me from taking other kinds of actions. And so I want to share this today uh, uh, about limitations. So when I served, it was a time when women were not seen as being full-fledged Marines. That's my terminology. That's my frame of reference. At the time, this was in the early to mid-80s, at the time, 
women in the Marine Corps, we were not allowed to throw a live grenade in boot camp. We were not allowed, which for those of you who know the military, you might be clutching your pearls right now going, what? You couldn't throw a live grenade in, in boot camp? And for those of you who've never had this experience, it's just part of the training, right? If I'm acclimated to the feel of a grenade, how to, how to prepare the grenade, to throw it, how to throw a grenade, how to protect myself and my other Marines, that's really important. And a great place to learn it is when you're going through your very initial training as a Marine. But the idea, I just want to be clear that the idea that I'm going to share with you, the ideas, they, go, they expand and go anywhere. So here we have a bunch of women and we were not allowed or our, our particular group was the first to ever throw a live grenade. That means every group prior to us was not allowed to throw a live grenade. Why, you might ask? Well, the rationale was that we were too weak. The rationale was that we would drop the grenade and blow ourselves to smithereens. There was all of this rationale that was based in no evidence. Or if it had evidence, it was convenient evidence, meaning maybe one woman had dropped her grenade, but there's all kinds of safety mechanisms. But that doesn't mean that anyone talked about the five guys that may have also dropped grenades during their all-male training. So anyway, we can use evidence, remember, to support particular biases that we have. And don't worry, this is all about leadership and leaders. So my particular group of women, there are about 55 of us, we're the first to throw grenades. We're the first to march and hold our, our weapons and do what we call a manual of arms. That's where you're marching along and you do a series of maneuvers with your weapon. What was the rationale for that, that we couldn't do that? Well, they might drop the weapons. Well, those weapons are really hard. Well, they're marching in skirts. My goodness, they can't also have a weapon in their hands. So these were the limitations that were, that were put on us as we were all going through our training. But then there was even more insidious kinds of limitations like, well, I understand that your shirt is really tight. So we have all of our clothes tailored to us in the Marine Corps at that time. Well, I understand your shirt is really tight, but you don't ever have to raise your hands over your head because you can get the guys to do that. What? I was shocked. I didn't understand what any of that meant. I had grown up putting things over my head, moving bales of hay, doing whatever needed to be done. But here I was in this organization with leaders who were saying that there were limitations that I had to actually be bound by, right? There were limitations in what I could do. There were limitations in how my gifts could be, uh, how my gifts could be utilized to execute on the mission. There were these limitations, but they were made on artificial evidence. There really wasn't any real evidence that said that women couldn't do the things that we were being told we could not do. It gets better. And so when I finally graduate from boot camp and I earn the title of United States Marine and I go off to my first assignment, there was then this whole challenge and conversation about our physical fitness standards. Now, I will tell you that this is the biggest thing that stuck in my head and has actually influenced and affected how I lead for the last 25 plus years. 
So we're all out and we're in our regular duty stations. We're at our first assignments. In every military, you have a lot of physical fitness that you have to maintain. You have physical fitness assessments to ensure that you're mission ready. Like if something were to pop off, that you're able to go out and handle your business. And so for women, our standard was that we only had to run one and a half miles in order to pass our physical fitness test. We had to do a couple of other things, but that was the biggest thing. We, could, we only had to run a mile and a half. Our male counterparts had to run three miles. Now, I just want you to sit and absorb that for a second. We had two Marines. One was a woman and one was a man. We were operating in the same organization with a completely different set of standards. What do you think that that did to our culture? What do you think that did to people's belief in women? Belief in women's leadership, belief in women having the, um, being able to serve as Marines. And again, this is a very Marine Corps-centric conversation, but it has influenced my leadership for the rest of my career. Why? Because it taught me that when we lower standards for people based on faulty evidence or based on our own fears or based on our own biases, that when we lower the standards, we actually create a culture in which a lot more negative energy and activities are actually given birth. They're actually allowed to flourish. And so in the example that I'm sharing with you, physical fitness, two different sets of standards, what it created was women that I was around and even me, we were constantly demeaned. We were constantly told, hey, you're not really good enough to be a Marine because you, you can't even run three miles. Like the guys over here, like we're real Marines, but you know, you ladies, you know, you, you all aren't, you, you guys aren't that strong. You, you really can't serve in my Marine Corps. I'd hear a lot of guys say that. And what has stuck with me is that with the two sets of standards, the guys were resentful. And unfortunately, a lot of women only push themselves to barely hit that, that standard of a mile and a half of running, a mile and a half for our physical fitness test. And that was powerful to me. That when an organization sets different standards for different people, that then one group is going to be angry or upset or frustrated about that. And the other group won't try to push beyond the bar that has been set. It was so powerful. I saw woman after woman after woman who would struggle to meet that mile and a half run. And if you're a runner, you know a mile and a half isn't really difficult. If you're not a runner, it sounds really difficult, but good grief, if you had to run three miles, that's more, much, more, much more of a stress. But the powerful lesson is when we set a low standard, so this can go anywhere, whether it's in your leadership, whether it's in your family, if you have children, for example, and you say, well, you know, the girls don't have to do that, but the boys need to do that, or vice versa. The, you know, the boys don't have to do that, but the girls must do this. 
it sets up this different standard and it creates resentment. It creates uh, frustration. And it also creates a a self-imposed limitation of what a person believes their opportunities are, what a person believes about themselves. So in the case of the mile and a half versus the three mile run, ultimately, during the course of my service, there was conversation about having the women run three miles. Can I tell you the daggone blowback from that? There were so many women who were like, that can't happen. That's impossible. It's, it's too hard. We're never going to be able to do it. We, 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 we're just not prepared for this. We're, we're, going, we're not going to be able to make this happen. I was mortified, to be frank, because the difference between running a mile and a half and running a three-mile run is uh, just adding another mile and a half and getting out there and running and getting the exercise. But the standard had been set and the standard had become so entrenched that when that standard was going to be changed, there was conversation about changing it. There was massive pushback against it. There was the fear of failure. The fear of failure began to permeate conversations. The resistance to having to add another mile and a half to make a total of three miles, there was absolute resistance, concern, all of these issues. Today, I'm happy to report women have to run three miles and men have to run three miles. So what's the lesson? The lesson is as you're thinking about your organization, as you think about your own leadership, wherever you're a leader, whether you're, again, a formal leader, whether you're an informal leader, Wherever you lead, think about the standards that you're setting. Are they different for one group of people compared to the other? Are they different for your women employees versus your male employees? Are, you, are they different, for example, in the standard of pay? Are they different in the standard of who has to work all-nighters and get celebrated for it? Are they different in terms of who has family leave and who can utilize it and who can't. It's an opportunity. I hope my story is an opportunity for you to really think about and look at what's going on inside of your organizations. Where are standards set differently for different groups of people? Like if you're in, if you're in the tech sector, you know, did the developers get some kind of a pass that the admin or the HR department doesn't get or vice versa? Because the more we have those kind of inequities inside of our organizations, the more likely it is that we're creating cultures where there's resentment, animosity, and antagonism, and can even be siloing because of it. If one group feels that they're more special than the other group, you create that culture. So I hope this is helpful, and I hope it's something that you can apply to your everyday leadership, your everyday work. Because the stories that I have and the things that I share aren't just about my past experience, but they're really how I see, as we do work inside of organizations all around the world, how I see the impact of varying standards, how leaders perpetuate culture that actually is not helping move the mission, vision, and values forward. So thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you share it. Take it easy. Hey, it's Jenny. 
Thank you so much for joining me in this week's episode of The Room, a safe place where leaders come together to talk about the things that we don't often share out loud. If you enjoyed your time in The Room, please like or subscribe on your favorite platform and leave a review. And if you want to learn more about our important work with leaders, head over to the website, leaderstransform.com and continue to be connected to our community. Thank you again for listening and make sure you invite someone to next week's episode of The Room.